0: Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, the senior pastor. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. All right. Well, today we're going to read, and I'm going to speak from one of the chapters in the Bible that I like to flick over usually because it's too challenging. How many people read the Bible and you really want God to talk to you from it? Have I got any friends? I'm praying for the rest of you, you'll start to do that. But when God does speak to you and you read his word, it's always coming with something that at the time seems quite challenging, but it's always God wanting to bless us ultimately, and also bless us to be a blessing. But in this scripture, whenever I read, I'm like, Lord, whoa, you know, there's a challenge there. So I usually go back to Psalms and start reading uh, where it says, "I'm the apple of God's eye," to try and deflect uh, the challenge of Matthew 25. But uh, I am the apple of God's eye. So are you. But we need to realise that God actually, for many people, don't many people don't realise that God is actually, uh, he's actually placed a lot in your life. He's given you gifts and talents. Uh, can I just encourage you? You didn't come out of some primordial soup and uh, climb up, up, became a cricket, a f- then a fish, then you were the bird, then you—I don't know—you grew some hair, became a gorilla. We took you to the lakeside, we gave you a shave and a haircut, blow-dried you, and here you are today. No, you are made in God's image. You're made in God's image, and uh, you are very, very complex. And all the men said of their wives, I know. Everybody's complex. All the ladies are complex. They're gems here to bless our lives. (laughs) Some preaching from the ladies in the front row. That's right. And they are. But everybody's so complex. And if you look at humans and just go, the complexity of a human is incredible. And then the Bible says, God created us in his image, in his image. And he then has put a spirit in us. And I want to encourage you that you are unique on the planet in this season right now on planet Earth. You, there's no one else like you. There's no other fingerprints like yours. I've tried using all my fingers to open my bank account. Only one opens it because it's the one that I used originally. So if I forget which finger, you've got to go, that's right, that finger. Because you're unique. Even your fingerprints, everything about you is unique, listen, but you didn't do it you didn't do it, you didn't make you, you didn't give you your gifts, you didn't give you your talents, God gave them to you, God gave them to you, and he wants to use them, but here's the thought, he's actually expecting us to use them for him, and he's expecting a return on the investment, where's everybody who likes a return on your investment, as I'm getting older, I'm looking at my superannuation to see what the returns, like what's happening there, 60's coming. There better be a good return on this. We've got to look at our return, our investments. Well, God's looking at the return on the investment in you. So I'm entitled to my message today. The world is waiting for you. The world is waiting for you. Thank you for that thrilling excitement. I'm overflowing. Let me say it one more time. <laughs> you meant to get excited. The world is waiting for you. Come on, the world is waiting for you. Let's have a look. Matthew 25, Jesus speaking. And in this passage, by the way, he's talking about, when he talks about talents, he's actually here talking about money. But I believe he's using the money as an example so that people would understand it's not just your finances, but it is all of your life that God's given you, what he's placed in you, that you and I would use it for his kingdom. So Matthew 25, verse 15 says, Jesus speaking to one, he gave five talents, finances, abilities, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents immediately went and did business with them and earned five more. In the same way, the one who had received the two talents earned two more. But he who received the one talent went away Dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted me with these five talents. See, I have doubled it. I've earned five more. His master said to him, Well done. Good and faithful slave or servant, you were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. And his master said, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, the one who had received the one talent also came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed, and I was afraid." So I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you still have what is yours. But his master answered him and said to him, you worthless, lazy slave. Did you know that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter seed? Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. And verse 29, for to everyone who has more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And I won't read onto the rest of it because you're not quite ready. But Jesus actually says, Take that wicked, lazy slave and cast him into outer darkness. And Jesus was not mild about it, but he was actually firm in that he is saying, I created you. I gave you all gifts. I gave you talents. I gave you the talents here talking of finance. And by the way, you get a bag of talents in reality, these gold talents. They're really weighty. And so I, re- I have the sense that God is saying, what I put in your life, your ability, your creative your hospitality ability, your business ability, your leadership ability, your teaching ability, your pastoral ability, your sport ability, your finance ability, what I put in your life is weighty. And most people, God is saying, don't use it in the way that they should or they don't use it at all. And he says here, the last verse, which is so, whoa. Jesus says, the one who has, even more is going to be given to them. But the one who does not, even what you have shall be taken away. You know, the last verse that I'm reading and I'm like, Lord, are you a Christian? <laughs> because it sounds really like, huh? You're going to take away from who, who haven't already, who haven't got much anyway, what Jesus is saying, let me give you the modern-day 2021 version of that. Jesus is saying, use it or lose it. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you get it real quick. Jesus saying, use it or lose it. He's saying, if you don't use what you got, you end up losing it. And uh, I watch in my own family background, you know, <laughs> everything that we had that we didn't honor God with and all the challenges, it ended up generational losing. We just kept going more and more backwards. What we did have, we lost. (laughs) But you watch people who start to serve the Lord with their gifts and their talents. The Bible tells us that when you do, God says you use it, you invest it, you give of it. And you, hello, you honor God, and you do it for the benefit of others. There's a word. You do it for the benefit of others. Let me just say that three more times. You do it for the benefit of others. You do it for the benefit of others. God says, I'll add more to you. I'll add in more to you. I'll add in more to you. So, everybody, you got to start to use what you got and I want to say to all the grandparents, did you know my grandparents, who and I, grandparents for the second time? Did I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm not, you know, I might have forgot. I'm not sure. We're going to make sure, parents, that we are telling our children we are called as a family. We are called as a family. We are called as a family, and then we are modelling something. To them of we are using our gifts and our talents, not for ourselves. I can use my gifts and talents for myself. Uh, A man wrapped up in himself makes a small package. A woman wrapped up in herself makes a small package. But a person who says, we're doing this to honor God and to help and benefit other people, God goes, I'm going to bless you you're gonna have an abundance. That's gonna roll on. Listen, grandparents. And if you said it, if you are aiming to set like a great example, a sterling example of people who love God, honor God, are using their gifts that God has given them. By the way, you'll be blessed, absolutely. But that you want to benefit other people. God goes, watch your children be blessed and prosper and do far better than you. Sue and I are seen that already in our own children. But watch your grandchildren. The abundance that you used and what you did with your gifts, by the time it gets to your grandchildren, they are spiritually going to be growing abundantly. I pray Micah and Joel rise up and be do far more and far more blessed and far more full of opportunity and far more serving the Lord than we ever did because that's the way it should be. But we had to do it back here by going, right. (laughs) Sue and I going, right, this is what we're going to do. What does the book of Joshua say? As for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. And so then, by the time it gets to your grandchildren, they're now in a flow of spiritual abundance, relational abundance, financial abundance, ministerial abundance. Uh, I like my awesome yesterday, uh, Nathan, who leads influential. My second son, he said yesterday, my two brothers are on staff at church. I'm not. He said, but I'm in ministry. He said, I am in ministry. He's in business. He goes, I'm in ministry. He works for a company, international company. He goes, I'm in ministry. And I was like, "Nate, you have got it. You have got it. He's in ministry, not being on the pastoral team, and he understands it. And now in his children, and then his children, by the time they get down here, they, these guys should be rocking. <laughs> in Jesus' name. So that's why we've all got to think ahead to go, mums and dads, what I'm doing right now is either going to add and more shall be given, or am I doing things that will take away? I'm always interested in people, the Bible says, be careful about your relationships. I'm always interested in parents who don't really care who their children just walk off with. I I don't ever get that. Oh, they started dating them or started seeing them. I'm like, that's called Russian roulette. Spin the table. (laughs) Land on black. (laughs) I'm like, what is that about? I'm like, parents, we don't do Russian roulette with our grandchildren. But I'm telling you, eighty percent of the population does. Spin the table, hope that works. Woo, where they meet. Oh yeah. 3 a.m. on the in the dance floor. The moonlight came through the window. It had to be God. <laughs> no, it was the moonlight coming through the window. <laughs> we have to go, no, I gotta plan for this by living wisely. And understanding, I'm not just trying to get my kids somewhere financially. I want to get them somewhere spiritually. Yeah. All righty. So, back to the passage. The beginning of the passage says, God gave some five talents to another two and to another one. Wow. That sounds a little bit unfair, right? Hang on, God, you gave some five, some two, some one. Well, I've got a revelation for you. God is not fair. My grandson was born on Easter Sunday. People, favor's not fair. (laughs) But God is not fair. You're like, hang on, God is fair. Really? Were you here Good Friday? Did you hear Simone sing on Friday night? When she sang Calvary? Who was here for that? you missed out if you weren't, anyway, next, good Friday next year, 2022, but listen, can you sing like Simon? <laughs> she was like, I was crying, I was crying at rehearsal, lost my whole, what I was going to say, listening to the anointing and her gift, can you sing like Jaden, who sings, guess what, God's not fair, some might say, I can sing, <laughs> well, the Bible says, make a joyful noise, to the Lord. (laughs) Do that, but not on this stage. Thank you so much. (laughs) We love you, but some things are best kept for the bathroom, right? (laughs) God's not fair. Listen, he's just. God is not fair. He's just. Actually, the Old Testament says over and over again, God is a righteous judge. He's a righteous judge. Whatever's happened in life, God is a righteous judge. Eternity about people's eternities, that's not up to me. He's a righteous judge over and over again. So God is not fair, but he's just... And when he's not fair, why do some people get five and some people get two and some people get one? I'll tell you one reason. Because there is, with every privilege, great responsibility. With every privilege, there is great responsibility. Let me say it again, with every privilege, there's great responsibility. Sometimes we think, well, I'd like that, and I'd like what they've got, and I'd like their gift, I'd like their talent, really? Because if you get it, and you're a believer, you're going to need to match that privilege of that gift with that responsibility. I said in the last service, in the 8 a.m. service, I don't know what is with the 8 a.m., I'm a bit naughty in the 8 a.m., but I just felt like sitting down in the 8 a.m., I didn't really want to speak. And I just thought I said to these guys, I might just go and kind of sit down the ADM service and just sit down. I don't really. It's been forty years. <laughs> just it's, actually might do it right now. <laughs> yeah, Spence, come on over. Just come, just for a minute. Oh, let's take a load off for a minute. Oh, that's quite nice. Now listen, I can't do that now. Why? Because I have a responsibility. I've got a responsibility. I can't decide now, hey, I'll just sit down because God gave me and he gave Sue talents and abilities that we need to be using for the kingdom of God, listen, and for the benefit of others, others. And so I can't do that. So can I encourage you, if you're wanting other people's talents and thinking, oh, that's not fair. They got that and that. Are you ready to match? the responsibility with the privilege. By the way, let me just just talk on that word for a minute because we all love that word responsibility, don't we? We love it. Is that your favorite word, responsibility? I like how you guys are honest here. I've got all these heads. (laughs) Global Heart Church, the Honest Church. A lot of other churches, yes, hallelujah, responsibility. I'm looking at you guys and... uh, responsibility is hard. But God is saying, and right here, he's saying "Them, I'm expecting return. Whether it's your financial money or it's your actual talents and ability, I'm expecting return on what I gave you. And then the guy who got one talent, he didn't even get the five. He's like, well, I, I saw you as a hard man, God, so I kind of just returned in the talent didn't use it at all. And uh, he, he went and hit it, the Bible says, and he was uh, he was afraid. Listen, you need to give your fears to God. You need to give all your fears to God. By the way, the Bible says, "Perfect love casts out all fear." So, if you're a afraid Christian, I'm telling you now, you've got to start walking with the one who is perfect love. Walk with Jesus every day. Talk to Him. Say, "Jesus, I'm walking with You, Lord. Get fear out of my life. Take fear, Lord. I give You my. Actually, tell God I give You my fears." Sometimes as Christians, we're far too silent. We're just always thinking things. Lord, I think, I think fears you should take. God's, God's like, I'm waiting for you to acknowledge them and give them to me. And when you acknowledge them and give them to him, God begins to work and remove them. Don't bury them. You don't ever say, oh, I'm just going to put fear over here. I'm just going to not even look at it. I'm just going to put it in the ground. No, no, no. You just buried it for another day. We've got to go, I give you that fear. I give you that fear of man. I get that fear of what people think. Gee, that's a snare. Don't ever be caught up worrying about what people think of you. What people think of you is none of your business. I need to say that one more time. What people think of you is none of your business. What God thinks of you is important. So we need to say, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Because if you're doing what God wants you to do, and he's saying, yes, it is, you're, you're all good. Actually, in Luke 6.26, read that recently. That just woke, my, that woke up my morning coffee when I had it. It, it. it says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Pastors need to watch that because we all like everybody speaking well of us. But Jesus says, judgment unto you if they do. Because he says, if you're actually teaching the word of God, they won't. Luke 6, 26, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Some of us, that's the goal of our life. It's the current goal of the woke culture. Make everybody happy, 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 happy. you happy, happy, happy. Everybody find every victim, victim, victim. All the victims, we were there, we know. They're trying to help us. And they're trying to do all that stuff, right? But the Bible says, woe unto you. Because if you're actually teaching the Bible, you won't have happy people everywhere. Because the gospel is an offense. (laughs) Thank you for the backup. (laughs) The gospel is an offence. Why? Because it's telling you, you are not God. You are not in control. It's telling us we need to repent of our sins. We need to turn to God. It's an offence first, but then it's your deliverer, your healer, your restorer, your life, everything. But at first, a lot of us got upset. Where's all the people who got upset when you heard the gospel first time? Second time, I got warmed up. First time, I was aggro. (laughs) but Second time... It uh, warmed up. Actually, one of my friends, when he heard the gospel, I took him to a meeting when I was newly saved with me, and uh, I thought the meeting, I, got, I was a Christian now, I got really touched by the message, I actually was in, had some tears, <laughs> I turned to my friend, who I'd grown up with for a long time, and I said, that was so powerful, how was, how was that for you? We were like 20, he goes, this shouldn't be allowed in public. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I went, what are you talking about? He's like, no, shouldn't be allowed in public, like, whatever. How do you think? Well, fast forward Years later, he tried to end up taking his life. That's where that went to. And then he actually gave his life to the Lord in New Zealand. And now, I just, a thing came up on my Facebook about, probably about four months ago. And it was so good of this church in New Zealand. And here he is on the steps with an usher's tag saying, Hey, welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to church. I nearly wrote, This shouldn't be allowed in public. <laughs> 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 One touch from God, tag, you're it. But he opened his heart and surrendered his pride, as we both had to do. And then when you surrender your pride, God meets you. And now he's working in what God's called to him. We should give the Lord a hand for that. Give the Lord a hand. That's so good. So good. So God hasn't given you abilities to bury. But we need to know with privilege comes responsibility. By the way, if you're a Christian and you've given your life to Christ, you have a responsibility. You're meant to you meant here's what here's what responsibility looks like. You as a Christian should not have other Christians doing your serving. Some of you have other people do all their serving. You just, you know, you come and they all serve and do everything. Other Christians have everybody else do all their giving. You tithe, you give. I like lights and music and a building to sit in and have air con. So, yeah, so glad you pay for it. Um, (laughs) And then what we want to do is just come and sit with the Lord. Lord, thou servant is here. And the Lord's like, oh my gosh, get off your butt. God's teaching us Christians have responsibility. If the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve, I think there's an indicator for every Christian that we need to realize the moment we're saved, we're saved to serve. And so we need to say, Lord, help me to grow in this responsibility. Now, I started, we, we just started, I took the bin out at youth, And Sue and I welcomed people at front doors at home groups. We just started doing whatever. But we're there to add in and to help. And we start giving financially. Don't ever let other people do your giving. Because you will miss the power of what God wants to do in and through your life and through your family's life. Lead the way with giving. Say, we are a generous family. And we're going to lead the way in this, and we're going to see God's house get built, and we're going to see all the people that God wants to reach being reached in Jesus' name. So so let me just give you a few more thoughts on this. God doesn't give us, too, by the way, what we can't handle. God's not going to give you things that He hasn't. He's given you talents, but He's not going to give you something you can't handle. So there's things that when I was 25 and 30, I could not handle that I now handle at 45. Now, what am I? 58. <laughs> it's close. You can't handle some things there, but you can handle it here. So don't worry that God would give you things that you can't handle. He knows where you're at, He's just taking you step by step. Um, so I want to encourage you with that, that He'll lead you in that. Next thought is don't talk about your talents, use them. Don't just talk about your talents. Some believers that talk about the Bible, they talk about theology, they talk about what the church should do, they talk about what that Christian should do, they talk about this. I'm like, really, just stop talking and start doing. Thank you, and I'm getting back up from the head of the Bible college. <laughs> start doing. One of the problems, Donna, I'll just go behind the scenes at Bible colleges, they get Bible college lecturers who've been... Did somebody throw something at me? What happened there? <laughs> Bible college lecturers who uh, they got all the degrees, thermometers, theologies, they got the whole deal. And they wanna teach all the students and they do nothing in the kingdom. How can you do nothing in the kingdom and wanna be teaching everybody? You can't teach what you haven't done. Here's the thing, credibility is huge in life. I'm always, when I meet people, I'm always like looking for the credibility. What's your credibility here? To speak on this, to do that, to speak on that subject, to talk about that. What's your credibility? What's your cost? Not, oh my gosh, you talk a lot and you know theories and you have scriptures and you know things about the world. No, what's your credibility? I watch people too, I said in the last verse, watch people talk about, um, you know, the the Bible and the gospel needs to be about repentance. And they need to, and people get on their high horse about repentance and they need to make sure they're repenting. and, And they're on Facebook and repentance. And I sometimes go behind the scenes and have a little look at what they're doing in their Christian walk. And I'm like, really? Interesting how you can talk about it, but you never disciple or help anybody. If you're so big on repentance, why are you not working at new Christians at your church? Why are you not discipling new Christians and helping them understand repentance? I'll tell you why, because I want to be known as the one who is righteous in this area not known as the one who helps people in this area. Oh, I am getting, I'm, I'm getting the podcast on this one. This is good. I'm getting the podcast. Use your talents. We don't have equal, equal talent, everybody, or finances, but we have equal opportunity to develop what we have. Develop what you have. Don't have equal talent, equal finances, but we have equal opportunity to develop what you have. Start to develop it. Start to use it. Let God develop it. In Jesus' name. But uh, let me just say this too: when we come to talking about this, a lot of people are fearful, like this one with the one talent. And he and he said, "I saw you as a hard taskmaster, God. You know, like that's how I saw you." Everybody, let me just tell you about Jesus. He wants you to have the most fun life. Jesus wants you to have fun. He didn't create you, give you all these gifts and talents, say, so yeah, and now, you know, I really want you to be miserable. And I'm going to just scare the daylights out of you because I love doing that to people. <laughs> no, Jesus like, I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy how I made you. So everything you ever step into and say, Lord, I'm going to do this and use this, it's always got an edge of excitement to it because the will of God is fun. Come on. The will of God is fun. It's fun. You're doing what God's created you for. It's like, man, this is so fun, God. And you'll see the thread of God through it. And you'll also see God's thread from back when you were a childhood of Him leading you into this fun adventure. Don't make assumptions about your talents and abilities. Don't make any assumptions. The talents you may want are... um, may actually be quite different to the talents you actually have ask questions don't assume that you know you don't assume that you know you the example which i've used before but you watch when they started pop star in australia was it called pop idol then australian idol and then all these other shows like that and you would see parents standing here while their children got up to sing the parents are like come on you're going to do it and then the poor teenager got up and was like started to sing Front of Simon Cowell and all the judges and the teenagers And they're like, What do you want to be? I want to be Australia's next superstar. And the parents are over here. I just wanted to go over to those parents and slap them. You just traumatize your child before the nation. You just traumatize them, you just embarrass them. When what they needed you to do is be parents who say, honey, you are really brilliant in art. <laughs> when you paint, my goodness, or you're brilliant in finance, or you're brilliant in sport, or you're a, you'd be a great IT person because you just love working with code and you're just that person. This is who you are. Singing is not really your thing if i be real. That's what mum and dad need to say. It's not really your thing. Uh, You can go for that if you want to, but I I would encourage you that that's actually not your thing. This is where you're brilliant. You're brilliant here. Instead, mum and dad joined the delusion and went, oh my gosh, go through. And now those children are still in counselling somewhere in Australia trying to get over the embarrassment. I want to save you 10 years of your life. Don't assume that you know what your talents and abilities and calling are. Don't assume it. Don't assume it at all. You need get on doing and serving. As I said, don't talk about your stuff. Just get doing. People, God will start speaking to people around you, leaders and other people who see what's in you. But ask questions. What am I called to do? What am I meant to do? Where, where would you like me to help? Then next question, am I helping? Where would you like me to help? Am I helping? Next question, where would you like me to help? Next one, am I helping? And then over time, people around you, God will say, hey, this is where you're, where you're at. Three pastors came to me to go to Bible college. You need to go to Bible college. We believe that you're called to ministry. I was like, what? Three of them. So when I had the third one, I was like, well, better go do that then. Better listen. I told, the, told our last service again. When I, I was so insecure when I got saved from my background that I started coming out with a vision for myself and a dream, God's call, God's plan, this, that, and I'm coming up with all this stuff. And then um, one day, Brian Houston, who I was an intern pastor for, said to me, what, what are you believing to do? What's your, what do you feel like God's calling you to do? And when I told him, I thought, oh, wow, my big moment's come. I'm going to tell the, the big calling I've got. I've been working on this for two years. I've <laughs> been working on this. even got a prophecy from somebody that I'd worked to get that lined up with what I wanted. Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, so I told Brian Houston what I was called to do, that I'd been working on for two years. And he just looked at me like, like this kind of look, right? And immediately I knew this is going to be bad. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, Jared, why would you do that? He goes, your gifts are A, B, C. And then he just went and walked off. <laughs> and I, I was like, look, buddy, I worked on that for two years. That was a lot of insecurity and everything else in there. And you just killed it with reality. Look for the people who will help us in our unreality. Look for the people that will peel back our insecurity. Look for the people who pull back our (laughs) delusion. Because though Brian booted me with that, that saved me 10 years. 10 years. Everybody, you got talents. The world's waiting for you. God wants to save you 10 and 20 years just get involved get helping in the kingdom but realize there is an investment return that God is looking for listen to this i love this this quote your talent is God's gift to you to use it for God's glory is your gift to God let me say that again your talent is God's gift to you but to use it for God's glory is your gift to God. Our talents are there to benefit others, everybody. Maybe we've got caught up in our own world, our own finances, our own gift, our own life. Can I tell you, you will never be happy and you will never be free and you will never be fulfilled. Never. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you're in until you go, Lord, you gave me this gift. I give it back to you. I use it for your glory. You'll never be fulfilled. That's why you watch some of the greatest singers and musicians, and suddenly they've taken their life. They've overdosed. The amount of them have killed themselves or in drugs. Why? Because the gift that they were given, which was so huge, no one can consume greatness to themselves. We must give the greatness within every one of us back to the one who gave it. And as you do, you will be free you'll be happy, you'll be blessed, you'll be fulfilled, and then one day you'll hear God's voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Can somebody say amen? Come on, can somebody say amen? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us, and special thanks to those also who give online your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations uh, both here in Australia and around the world please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.